Hey, welcome back to another rep. My name is Steve Hagan. I am the owner of the show, the creator of the show, the producer of the show. Um, I know I say that every time, but I just love this show. And uh, the reason I do is because I get to meet all these different people and hear their stories and bring them to you. And so you can hear their stories. And tonight, we have Nate Copeland. Nate and I worked together at a high school in Northwest uh, Nashville. He's at a different high school now. And I just want him to tell you where he came from and how he changes that culture when he gets in there. I've seen Nate work. I've, I've been in the weight room with him. I've been on the football field with him. And I've seen him work out himself. And it's it's, cra- <laughs> it's crazy. So, um Without any further ado, let me introduce you to Nate Copeland. Let's go. Hey, Nate, man, I am so glad you're with me tonight. This is so awesome. So Nate came um, to his new place, and I'm going to let him tell you this whole story, but he and I worked together at a high school at a, at a different spot in Nashville, and I would go up to the weight room and... Uh, Dude's a beast, you know. He's just—he's a freak. He's doing these things called the bear, and it's like a full clean, a front squat. Then it's a a jerk or a military press over the top of your head. Then it turns into a full back squat, and then you go and do it all back again. And that was just one. And I was like, (laughs) so. And you did like—I don't know—how many you do of that with how much weight? Uh, seven sets of seven. It's a crazy workout. <laughs> what? That's a what the what? That's crazy. Yeah, crazy. and you add weight each set. Hey, it's everybody, crazy. this is Nate Copeland. And, uh, Nate, I'm just going to let you talk about who you are, kind of your background a little bit. And uh, I know you're married and you're the father of a, a little girl. And you just kind of explain, and then we're just going to get into talking and just have fun, Okay. Yeah, so uh, I'm Nate Copeland. Uh, I'm originally from Columbus, Georgia, 32 years old. I've been in Nashville since 2015, 2016, um, happily married with a, a beautiful little baby girl. Um, been doing strength and conditioning since 2012, and um, I really fell in love with it when I saw the gains I acquired from it when I was playing in college. Um, Where'd you go to college, Nate? So at a high school, I went to Troy University. It's a Division One school in uh, yeah Alabama, Troy, Alabama. And um, where'd you so go to high school? I went to high school at at Brookstone High School in Columbus, Georgia. Shout out, Coach Blair Harris. Okay, all right, let's go. <laughs> um, so yeah, so this is really when I when I fell in love with strength training. I got to college and. You know, I was I was kind of a dude in high school, and what position did you play? Top of the world, I played running back. I didn't okay. play a single snap of defense until I got to college. Really? Wow! I'm in my first position meeting when I report, and the head coach comes in. He goes, "Nate, what are you doing in here?" I was like, "In the running backs meeting." He's like, "No, you're with the linebackers now." <laughs> Coach, I, I've never played linebacker in my you didn't life. Tell me that when you were recruiting me, Coach. What's <laughs> up? <laughs> um, which, which um, at first was was hard for me with my you know Im- immature mind at the time, but I eventually bought into it, and um, it's probably one of the best things I could have done. 
Um, hey, man, you know what I say, and I'm, I'm going to interrupt you here because this will come up later in this conversation. Knowing eyes see more and knowing ears hear more. Your coaches knew what you were really going to be, and you just had to hear it right. you know, and buy in a little bit. So right. their eyes saw more than yours at that time, but <laughs> yep. that's what it is. So keep going, keep going. So I was at Troy. I, I get into the weight room the first time, and I thought I was a pretty decently strong guy. And I get in there, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. These guys are moving some weight. They're a lot stronger, a lot faster, a lot quicker. You were like 18 years old or so? Yeah, actually, I was 17. Oh, geez, you were young. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, and there were some full-grown men in there. Yeah, grown men in college. In there. So, long story short, um, I have a crazy story. So, I actually played at, let's see, I played at four different universities. Jeez, you ought to get a gold medal for that. Right. So, I, I go to Troy. I, I, I make the transition to linebacker. Um, I was immature, you know, to be honest. And yeah. uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't making good decisions, and I decided to leave Troy. I ended up being homeless for three months. Wow. Okay, stop right there. What did you do? You're homeless and where are you right. living and what are you eating and what the heck is going on? So I'm I'm pretty much cat couch surfing with buddies who I stayed with and who I who I was friends with in high school. Yeah. And, um, so I'm thinking my career's over. Um I'm not in school. Um I'm like this, this is it. I'm gonna either have to join the army or I'm gonna have to get a job. Yeah. So my best friend at the time who was also my next door neighbor, he comes and visits me. He had, he had a full scholarship to Union University here in Tennessee. And he was like, there's a school called Lambeth University that is looking for some football players. Are you interested? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I'm not interested um, in staying on his couch anymore. So at the time, Hugh Freeze was the coach at Lambeth okay. University. All right. And um, I give him a call. He uh, he sends me a, a, a scholarship. And I had never visited the campus. What a salesman. You gave him a call and he sent you a scholarship. <laughs> never. I had, this was my only option. It was either go to college, get my education paid for, or I was going to the military. I was the go. only person. I was the first person in my family to go get a college education. Oh, so wow. Awesome. Of, awesome. It kind of was a like a mission for me. So Absolutely. I get to... I get to Lambeth after never seeing the campus, never seeing the dorms, not knowing who my teammates are. Um, I get there and I'm like, well, this is not Troy University. <laughs> knowing I see more, right? <laughs> There's uh, 180 guys on the team. I oh. get there, right? Yes, he, he had been doing a lot of recruiting. I wasn't the only one. He did the sales pitch. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, I get there and they want me to play safety. And I was like, I, I, I can do that. I'm, I'm willing to learn. Um, so long, long story short, um, I'm at Henderson for two years. Um, we go 13 and one my first year there. Win, uh, win the conference, get a ring, losing the playoffs. And then the following year, 
they call a team meeting and they say that the school is going to shut down. Lambeth? Lambeth, yes. Wow. They're saying the school's going to shut down and we're about to go bankrupt. And I was like, what? So Football what are we coaches doing? were paying everybody. What? No. Hey, so I'm thinking, well, what are we supposed to do? So they had uh, one week. And during this one week, they had college coaches from all over the country come in. And we oh. sat in the gymnasium with our jersey on. And the coaches got to watch film after seeing our number. So that was it. My jersey number and the film I had. Wow. So, Right. So I end up going to Henderson State University. It's in Arkadelphia, Arkansas. <laughs> okay. Yes. yes, that's an actual place. And um, <laughs> I get there. Amazing. I fell in love with the coaching staff, fell in love with my teammates. That's actually where I met Nick Johnson. Okay. Right. We played we play together. And um, so I'm there. I'm at Henderson for a year and a half. I go home. Christmas break. How much eligibility do you have anyway? <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I go home for Christmas break. I get a phone call. Nate, um, you can't come back. And I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, this was about to be my senior year. Yeah, yeah. And um, he was like, you ran out of, ran out of NCAA eligibility. Oh, and I was oh. like, what? So I'm all the way in Columbus, Georgia. All my belongings and everything are in Arkadelphia, Arkansas. Oh gosh. And I'm I'm at my family's house at the time and my dad's like, you gotta go. And I was like, you're right. So I drove 24 hours round trip, got all my stuff back and I get back home and the coach calls me and is like, you need to be playing football. And I was like, I'd like to. I was trying. <laughs> and, I was trying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had been in Alabama, Tennessee, Arkansas, and my family had never really gotten to see me play. Yeah. So they were like, what do you think of Faulkner University? And, and I, I had never heard of them. They're in the NAIA. This is the I still NAIA. haven't heard of them. Tell us about it. Where, what? So – Faulkner University is a Christian university in Montgomery, Alabama. It's okay. uh, fairly new. I, when I got there, I believe they only had a football program maybe 10 years. Um, so I Faulkner's head coach called me. Um, they had the last defense in the league last year, the year before that I had got there, and, but they had the number one offense. They led the nation in scoring. So I was thinking, ah, it might, might be a good situation for me to go over there and help uh, turn the defense around. Yeah. So I end up I end up going to Faulkner and having a breakout season. I think I, I led the conference in tackles, tackles for loss and sacks. Were you and playing linebacker now or what were you playing? I was uh, – I was playing a little bit of everything. So throughout my experience from Troy, Lambeth, Henderson, and now I'm at Faulkner, I was like, just be a Swiss Army knife. Whatever's best for the team, whatever you need me to do, uh, I'll do it. And I, after I left Troy, I had in my mentality, I was like, I always got to be the hardest worker in the room. And that mentality came for, so like, let's backtrack a little bit. When I left Troy, 
and I was homeless for three months and I made the, the deal to go to Lambeth, I had three months to get ready. I had a, I was blessed to have this trainer, Jordan Collins, who I'm still in touch with today. This, this man changed my life. And we trained every single day until I reported and I got in the best shape of my life. He was the only person after I went through that summer of training with him that I would allow train me for football. There so, you go. First two weeks he trained me, I threw up every single day. Oh, geez. Yes. Brutal, brutal. And that says something about you wanting to go back. Right. So me, uh, so I brought a bunch of teammates with me to train with them one day, and they were they couldn't even handle the warm up. They were throwing up <laughs> after the warm up. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, Lee did Lee Faulkner. Um, I graduate. Um, well, I mean, after my senior year, I had plans to go to the NFL. Um, I played the whole, my whole senior year with, with what's called a sports hernia. Oh, man, yeah. Right. So I was training for a 40 before the season started and I felt something popped in my growing mm. lower abdominal area. Yeah. And I thought I had tore my groin ended up being a sports hernia. And the doctor said, you can either get surgery or you can do three to five months of no activity, period. And I was like, I'm going to do three to five months of no activity, period. But after the five months was up, I did a combine the day I was cleared. Oh, geez. For the, uh, I did a combine for the Toronto Argonauts. And I remember before, prior to my injury, I was running sub four, five, fast in the shuttle. I had a 38-inch vert. Yeah. And I'm expecting to put these numbers <laughs> up that same day doesn't happen so I started thinking this professional football thing may not be for me um start weighing towards other options and then I get a phone call from an agent asking me if I was in interested in NFL Europe or the GFL and I was like eh, overseas I don't know and he was like well, this is a good pathway to help you get game tape and transition to the NFL so in 2012 I left and went to Kiel, Germany, <laughs> near the Baltic Sea. Wow, very cool. Yes, so played in Germany for a year. The following year, I played in Sweden. And then after that, I played two years arena ball. And then here recently, I played one game arena ball. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's, it's been a crazy roller coaster of a ride, but it's been a true blessing, um, the path. God has laid out for me to get to this point. And I, yeah. I feel like without all I went through, I wouldn't be what I am today. So. Oh, absolutely. I, I talk to my guys about this all the time. I even talk to my kids. I have four kids and I always say, God puts you exactly where he needs you to teach you the lessons that you need to learn so you can go be better for him. You can go be a better weapon for him. And, you know, you've been to, you've been to Europe, you know, Germany and Sweden, and then all over the whole South, <laughs> Southeast at least, <laughs> of America, playing football. And what it's taught you in all these different environments is what we're going to talk about. We're going to get into, into deep detail, I hope, about culture and how, you know, there's a different culture at every one of those places. Coach Freeze brought in 180 guys. I don't think 180 all played. 
he had to figure out who right. he part of the culture that he was trying to put together there. And now let's fast forward because unless you have some other things you want to add, you're at this new place and this new place before you got there, they're okay. They were okay, but okay right. doesn't win a ring and get the championship. And that's what you're wired to do. And so yep. you got in there and, and the way you're doing it is through the weight room, which I love. Yes. I love that. And because, um, you know, as being a head coach, I was a head coach and I just got back from being a head coach in Italy and we didn't have a strength program. Those dudes would show up smoking cigarettes and hope something good would happen. (laughs) I'm like, whoa, I don't know if this is going to work. So, um, you know, tell, tell everybody about the weight program when you first rolled in there. I don't know what the weight room even looked like. I don't know. Right. Just let's go. Let's talk about it. All right, let's go. So um, before I was at the school I'm at now, which is a Nashville Christian school, I was at a school prior and the school I was at previously had all the bells and whistles, everything you could ask for. So he My ain't lying. Day. I was there with him. <laughs> right. Hey, you walk into that place and you're like, hey, man, some of these colleges don't have this. So so I, I walk into this new facility and it's not even a third of the weight room I was at. Um, no indoor facility, no turf field, rusted weights. Nothing wrong with that. I, I, I like it. Um, so... My first week there, I, I kind of observed things, observed the kids, see how they act. And, you know, not really any culture, not really any want to. And I don't think from what I observed, I don't know if really anybody ever poured out to them or really be- believed in them. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm old school in my ways. For first day, I'm, I'm going to set the tone with you straight. <laughs> we're 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 gonna get after it. Like Coach see. Collins was to you and make everybody throw up. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna see I wanna see what you're what you're made of, how yeah. do you handle adversity, and what do you have left in the tank when you're when you think you have zero. Yeah, right. Um, right. So I'm a big fan of David Goggins. He's a Navy SEAL. Oh yeah. Um yeah. so one of the things he's, he says is um, 40%. He's big on this 40% phrase. So when you're dead tired and you think you have nothing left, you've only hit that 40%. You still have 60% left in you to go even way harder than you are yeah. going. So, um, so from making these observations and watching these, these kids work, um, they were like, Coach, yo, why, why are we going so hard? Why, why, <laughs> why are you yelling at us? Why, <laughs> I'm throwing up. I can't go go any harder, Coach. Um, and a trainer once told me this, and it stuck with me forever. You have to be happy with misery, and you have to be able to make hell your home. You have to be Ooh, able okay. to, make, to make hell your home. Yeah. So you have. <laughs> So you have to be com- comfortable with the uncomfortable. That's essentially, right. That's right. Because in any sport you play, basketball, baseball, football, and in life, I mean, there's going to be uncomfortable situations. That's right. That's absolutely right. Whoever gets the most comfortable, the quickest wins. Yes. So how are you going to handle that? You know, yeah. you attacking this last rep 
or the another rep is just like you handling something in life, you know? So, so I try to emphasize just every, everything matters. What the, the way you walk in the weight room door matters. The energy you bring matters. How you woke up and your feet hit the ground matters. Everything matters. And I think um, I may have heard you say this several times. How you do anything is how you do everything. And that's, that, right. that's a proven fact. So how you start the day off is how you're going to finish the day. So did you start off the day lazy with a poor attitude? Then you're going to finish the rest of the day lazy with a poor attitude. Yeah, unless somebody snatches you up in the middle of it and says, hey, we ain't having this. Right. You know, And that's where you, as a coach, comes in and starts to create culture. Right. And that's one thing that I, I love about where I'm at. And the biggest thing about developing a culture is getting to know your players, your athletes, the people who you are working with. And yeah. after hearing some of these kids' stories, a lot of the, the male athletes, players I work with, have never had any really positive male influence in their life. Yeah. And, and it's sad. And that's um, unfortunate because that's our culture in America, outside yeah. of the weight room. Right. And um, that's like a different hearing, podcast. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> just hearing their stories. I mean, worrying about where they're some kids worrying about where their next meal may come from, how they're getting home. You've been you there, know, done that. You were sleeping on couches. <laughs> right. I've been there, done that. So a big thing I try to do is I try to lead by example. So every single day, the kids know that Coach Copeland has already been at work since 4 a.m. I've already been up, I've already clocked in my hours, and I've already put in the work. So so how are you going to attack the day now? Yeah. You know, so all I'm asking is for 90 minutes out of you. Yeah. And do they get there in the morning and start lifting, uh, you know, separate from all the other – I'm talking the football team. I don't, I don't know right. anything about anybody else, but – So know. it's – so I have, so I, I see all my athletes throughout the day during class. And then I started something I like to call the breakfast club. Mm -hmm. um, and that's 5.30 a.m. And that's for any athlete from softball to football to track. And it's 5.30 a.m. And it's for athletes who want to get any extra work in, wow. get some recovery in, or, that, or just want to get better. That's, yeah. They just yeah. want to get that other rep. And um so I started that last year and it started with just like two kids. And now I think I'm up to 22, wow. 22 23 kids. That's awesome. I even have, and it spread from just the students. to I had this summer, I had teachers show up, alumni show up, all trying to figure out what, what's going on That's in the so morning. Cool. You know? That is so cool. Hey, let me ask you this. So you got this weight room and then I don't know what it looked like. Did you, did you switch it around? Did you, um, what'd you do? Did you clean it up? Did you have them clean it up? What'd you do? Um, so the weight room was in, in decent condition. Um, luckily, uh, one of the guys I work with, Andrew Shaw, I mean, he's super great about being organized and keeping everything together. And we work tremendously together I mean we, we pull off a great good cop bad cop vibe but vice versa with each other and um 
we we straighten that weight room, clean it up, and we make sure every single day you leave it better than you found it. Dang. You Love know, it. and yeah. um, we yeah. try to give the kids some type of ownership towards this. That's this, right. This is your weight room. Like this, this is where you live and this is this is where you grow. Yeah. The thing is you can't say, hey. Treat it like it's your own house or it's your own right. room. Because hey, you look at my son's room sometimes and I'm like, hey, dude, you got to clean this place. <laughs> right. There, there's several times well, throughout the day. Like, hey, my man. house and the way we do it here is this way. <laughs> you know? So do you have any signs or anything hanging in your locker room? Like, you know, when I coached at Notre Dame, we had play like a champion today and everybody slapped that sign. And, and we, it wasn't just play. It was like live, eat, go to school train play practice football and then saturday obviously play like a champion so every day was whatever we did how we did something is how we did everything right and and it was like a champion so i I didn't know if you had one sign in there or 10 signs right so we uh we have a different slogan each year last year it was finish and this year it was rise so and why we chose rise is because Last year, we lost in the semifinals, and we were okay. the only sport to take losses in the semifinals. Um, yep. And we all knew we had the potential to pull it off, but we let the moment get to us, and we didn't rise. Yeah. So this year, we want to rise. So every day, every day, we break down and start the day with rise. So I love that. Let's get after it. Yeah, I love that. Why, why do you think football, and you probably coach the athletes, and, and I know you have crossover athletes in high school, and especially the size of your high school, they, they play football and baseball or football, basketball and baseball or something, you know, but right. why is football, I have an answer for it, but why do you think football is so different, or and maybe you don't think it's so different, for building a culture? I think it's because what you go through, it's, it's like you're in the trenches. Yeah. Um, you just you go through so much with each other and you bond so close that the relationships you make when you go through that last almost a lifetime. And yeah, they do. I mean, I, I talk to my teammates and you know. Right. Like we just and played. Just like we just played. You know, you know yeah. It, it just builds that I know you got my back and and you got mine, you know. So just yeah. Yeah. I, I love, um, you know, one thing I say to my guys, everybody needs, everybody needs a training room. Everybody needs a locker room, you know? And when you get to my age, I'll be 60 in September and you miss that locker room. You miss that training room, you know, the weight room, you're working in there. I mean, I went in your weight room. It's, it's like a, honestly, it's like a, a little bit bigger than a garage. Yes, a a double car garage, you know, (laughs) and and um, it's nothing special, but what comes out of it is special, you know, and it just shows you you can park Ferrari and you can get a Ferrari ride in anybody's garage. And that's what I love about the culture that you're building there that, um, you know, we don't care. You put the weights out in the parking lot. We don't care. We're going to work it. We're going to lift it. And coaches got us grinding it. And we know Mm -hmm. what's up, you know. Um, I just love that about you. Yeah, that's one thing I've just always learned, like, 
throughout my career that I try to pass over is always do the extra because yeah. someone's always working harder than you. That's right. And you don't know who they are. Yeah. And you don't know who they are. I remember. Them. <laughs> so I'm coaching in the NFL and I'm at the Cleveland Browns and we go out and we play the, uh, the Oakland Raiders in Oakland. And, you know, you got to drive through their parking lot when they're having all their tailgates and all those crazy uh, black hole people are out there. You know, they got guys <laughs> dressed up like Darth Vader and the gorilla right. King Kong and, and guys that, you know, <laughs> just nuts. It's fun actually, but we're out there warming up and then they'll go and uh, welcome the Oakland Raiders defensive line. And they come tromping out there. And I'm like, dang, where'd they get them guys, man? They don't look like our guys. <laughs> and, you know, it's just a matter of building guys up and making them who they are and making them believe, like you said, at the very beginning, making them believe that there's yes. something different and they're going to be something different the longer they do this. And that's, that's what another rep to me is all about. We're going to talk about another rep real quick. Um, another rep to me is another opportunity to get great, whether it's, um, learning more about like as a Christian, learning more about Jesus, learning more about God. When I go in a weight room, another rep is, um, getting stronger. I got another opportunity. I'm going to put a little more weight on there and see if I can get that one up another time, you know, and, um, Another rep is reading a little bit more about how to be a better dad, you know, or going and listening to a sermon on YouTube when I'm walking in the morning on how to be a better husband, father, whatever it is, you know, just getting another rep, getting another rep, just trying to improve myself. And I think, I think that's what you were alluding to, just getting those guys in there early in the morning at 530. And go ahead, tell me what another rep means to you. Um, I'll just give an example through my position group with my, I coach running backs. Um, so I require all my running backs my, every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we have, they have to push the sled, a prowler sled. They have to do it five times, 50 yards. I've done it every year since I've been here and have sent four kids on scholarship to play running back at universities. That's enough uh, validity. <laughs> and um, so they're always like, man, coach, why we got to push the sled? And I was like, when I first got there, why we got to push the sled? I said, just wait. <laughs> I said, just wait until Knowing game one. Knowing I see more, right? Right. <laughs> just wait until game one. First game, I think we rushed for 550 yards. What? Yes. What? And oh. um, Yeah, no one could tackle them. Right. No one can tackle them. And, I, and I, every time they broke a run and they're running down the sideline and scoring, I do it every single game. I yell, that's why we push the sled. <laughs> <laughs> got to get a shirt that says that on it. Right. <laughs> that's why we push the sled. Because that's another rep. I, I, like, you, you have to always be ahead, plan ahead, and be ready for anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, and you do everything. And that's why knowing eyes see more, knowing ears hear more. And when you get another rep, you know, when you read the book of Proverbs, it talks about wisdom. Well, where do you get wisdom? Wisdom comes from God and, and experience, right? And you've had those experiences. You've gone through four colleges and two European leagues and 
whole, I mean, you, you've seen it and then you lived it. You lived in a car, you lived on somebody's couch. You, you know, you got bounced and, and you've had a lot, you've gone through a lot, which is cool because God puts you where he needs you right now to go share. And then do you get to like share, uh, the Bible with you, you're at a Christian school, so I don't matter. Right. So let's talk about that for a minute. So they have a Christian curriculum, which is awesome that they uh, provide to the students as uh, as classes. And then we have a chapel every Wednesday. And being at such a great school like Nashville Christian, um, what I've been able to do is every Thursday, which now we do Wednesdays. We started back up this week. I do a Bible study and I give each kid, each kid in my group an opportunity to share their story, share a verse and give them a, a topic that they wish to discuss. And for instance, today's discussion was relationships, relationships you have with other things compared to your relationships with God. It was a great kid did an yeah. awesome job. Yeah, It's just amazing to see their growth through Christ. I mean, I would have never thought it would have had such a huge impact as it does until last, not, was it last year? No, this, this past summer, I baptized one of the kids that comes every morning. He's one of oh, my running backs. And that was just, I mean, it, it was super emotional. Oh, and absolutely. I, what an honor and, that he chose you. He asked right. you, invited you and, um, into his relationship with Christ. That he, you know, he basically says, Hey, I trust you. I, I mean, I love that. I love that. Yeah. So like one of my, uh, like you were talking about Proverbs, one of my favorite verses in Proverbs is 1423, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk only leads to poverty. And I try to live by that. <laughs> as yeah. Much as I yeah. Well, you have lived by that. That's, that's super cool. You yeah. know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to get this one up, this podcast up, but as the season goes on, let's, let's keep talking. Let's do another one of these. Yeah. And uh, it'll just be like, hey, where are we at now? Well, we're 4 and 0 and we're, you know, or <laughs> who knows where we're going to Yeah. Be. <laughs> but it'll be fun, you know. Yeah, we, we and without naming yeah. names, we'll be able to say things that are going on with the kids and mm-hmm. and people that listen to this can kind of follow along and just kind of see yeah. what's going on. I think it'll be uh, a lot of fun. So Yeah, I'm excited. Uh it's a special place. Got some special kids. Got a special staff, special environment. I'm excited for what the future holds for our guys. Yeah, you never know. When you start a season, you just don't know what you got, you know. And that's why I love the games. Friday night exposes everybody, coaches included, fans included, parents included. It exposes everybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love it. I love it just because there's there's no other place than competition to really – see who we are where we are and you know it's just competition just brings it out of everybody you know yeah the two spectrums the complainers and the computers there you go there you go you know what i think you know and i wrote this book called coach them up and it's about jesus asking us to be part of our own miracle and and now that i was just talking to you about this it's like he's asking us to compete hey you want to walk on water get out of the boat Let's see what's in you. Compete. You want to really walk? You've been laying on that mat. Pick up your mat and walk. Let's go. Right. He didn't pick up the guy's mat. He didn't roll up the guy's mat and carry him into the water and put him into the healing waters. He said, hey, let's 
compete. Let's go. That's kind of my brain. <laughs> I know that. That's it's awesome. not that theological, but it's probably, uh, I just like, I, I think that way. And I think it's all about competition. Competition builds character and it exposes culture and culture beats strategy if you do it right. Yes. And some of the toughest times, like what gets me through it, whether it's life, training, or no matter what I'm doing, I'm like, it's like reflecting back to another rep. Everything Jesus went through and sacrificed for us, no matter what I'm going through right now, it doesn't even compare to that. Get through this and oh, let's go. That's right. That's absolutely right. Well, hey, man, it is so good having you on this. We're going to do it again. And <laughs> Yeah, uh, man, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. You got a game Friday night, right? Yep, Friday night against FRA at home. Let's go! Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I'm excited. Let's go. All right, man. Well, let's uh, let's do this again. I can't wait to do it again. I love you. Right. Love having you on this show. And uh, let's keep getting reps, man. That's the only way we got a chance to get better. Go and grow. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, man. I'll talk to you. All right. Hey, man. Nate, I just want to thank you for coming on the show. This has just been so cool hearing your story I, I mean I didn't know some of that stuff that you were talking about tonight so I love I love that show for this reason that we all get to hear your story but we didn't even hear half of it we're going to hear more of it I'm going to get you back on as the season goes we'll talk about your team but we're going to talk about you a little bit more too and um, but in the meantime everybody else you just keep repping get yourself ripped and repped that's what I said lift weights in the word if you like this show hit like subscribe tell all your friends tell all your people and uh, i can't wait to find who our next guest will be i'm out